Hello and welcome to the Zurich Life Podcast. My name is Jacqueline and I'm joined today by our Head of Investment Solutions at Zurich, Ian Slattery. This investment podcast does not constitute an offer and should not be taken as a recommendation from Zurich Life. Advice should always be sought from an appropriately qualified professional. Today we're going to speak about market events over the month of September 2022, how this has affected different asset classes and what this might mean for investors. We will also talk about Zurich Investments' outlook in the short term and our recent positioning in relation to the Zurich funds. This month we will also take a closer look at sovereign bonds as an asset class. Good morning, Ian. Good morning, Jacqueline. In September, we saw economic activity weaken further, as well as some other market events that were key in determining fund returns over the month. Can you talk us through these developments and the effect those events have had on markets and on the different asset classes within the market? Yes, yeah, so we started to start, I suppose, for the month of September, equity markets in euro terms were down just short of 7%. And it was actually the worst uh, monthly performance for the American market since the pandemic-induced sell-off in March 2020. Uh, stocks have fallen below the lows that they reached back in June and have extended the drawdown from their all-time high in January. For example, the first three quarters of 2022 have now all delivered uh, negative returns. The main reason, which is a reason that we keep coming back to uh, for the falls, was the aggressive monetary tightening. It continues to weigh on investors' minds, and it's becoming increasingly clear that central banks uh, will not be able to bring inflation under control without significantly raising interest rates. Uh, With that in mind, many central banks have stepped up their rate hikes in recent weeks uh, throughout the month of September, and the strong hints remain that uh, there's going to be further rate hikes in order to bring inflation under control. For example, if you look at the Federal Reserve within the US, it delivered its third uh, straight 75 basis points or 0.75% rate hike in a row. And it's raised projections for where it believes interest rates will be at the end of the year by a full percentage point. Um, So therefore, stock markets very much anticipating an expected growth slowdown and perhaps even a fall in earnings as the effect of these higher interest rates comes true and starts to weigh on economic growth. And we've seen global sentiment have dealt another blow uh, by the latest turmoil that we saw in September, particularly uh, some of the trouble we saw in the UK following the mini budget towards the end of September. And some of that panic we saw within UK bond markets and UK equity markets did kind of drift into other asset classes and other geographical areas as well. So very much a a negative uh, month uh, for both equities and bonds across the month of September. Stock markets extended their losses um, due to this monetary policy response that you mentioned, um, and they've reached new post-pandemic lows in many regions in September. Can you give us some insight into this and talk about this from a geographic region and sector perspective? Yes, well, we start with the overall market. As I said a few moments ago, the MSCI world was down just short of 7% for the month in euro terms. Uh, We saw the Eurozone and the UK slightly outperform uh, that particular number, but still down more than 6% for the year. Uh, In relation to other geographies, the worst performing across the month was the Asia-Pacific ex-Japan region, which was down uh, just over 10%. When we look uh, at year-to-date, the market's down about 13% uh, year-to-date, with a flip of what we saw in September, the Eurozone down just short of 22%. When we move to uh, looking at different sectors of the equity market, we continue the trend that we've seen for 
so far in 2022, with energy the only sector in positive territory for the year, up 38% in euro terms. And that contrasts massively with the likes of consumer discretionary, down 21%, technology down just short of 24%, and communication services down 27.5%. So very much a lot of sector dispersion continuing under the surface of equity markets, which that huge spread of nearly plus 40 to minus 30 between the best and the worst performing sectors of the market. Investors are likely to transition in coming weeks from inflation fears to growth fears and turn in favour of bonds. Can you explain how bonds have performed in the month of September? Yes, we saw negative uh, returns for bonds throughout the month of September. So if I take a look at the the main Eurozone index that we look at, that was down 3.9% for the month, uh, which puts the year-to-date performance down almost 17%. Obviously, when we think of prices moving downwards, that means that we see yields moving upwards. So in relation to yields, the German 10-year bond finished uh, September at 2.1%, which is the highest level it's been in since 2012, so so a decade. Uh, Given the yield was in negative territory as recently as the first week in March, this does very much represent a significant move so far this year. The US 10-year yield equivalent uh, rose across the month of September as well and finished at 3.83%, having begun the month at 3.19%. We've already discussed it in our opening remarks, but when we look at the path of higher interest rates, we do expect to see, sorry, excuse me, we did see the ECB raise interest rates by 0.75% in the month of September. We do expect another two interest rate hikes at least before the end of the year in Europe. We're also expecting to see at least another two rate hikes from the Federal Reserve uh, before the end of 2022 as well. Can you talk to us about how commodities have performed over the month of September? So commodities had a, had a poor month in September, so we've often talked about uh, commodities doing well throughout an inflationary environment, but as the narrative kind of progresses from higher inflation to higher interest rates to slower or lower economic growth, fears over that slowing economic growth start to weigh on different commodities. So for example, we saw the broad commodity index down about 5.8% in Euro terms for the month of September. And we saw the likes uh, of oil um, falling as well in Euro terms throughout the month. For example, oil, when we look at West Texas Intermediate, it finished the month at $79.5 per barrel of oil. But actually, in the last week of September, it was lower than it was before the Russian invasion of Ukraine in the last week of February. So a lot of volatility in commodity markets. Uh, we d- expect the outlook for commodities to, to perhaps darken a little bit as those fears very much move from inflation to slower and lower economic growth. We've seen some news headlines regarding currency movements recently, and currency has been more topical than usual lately. Can you talk to us about how currencies have performed in the month of September? Yeah, it's a very good point when we look at how topical it is. The the strength of the US dollar versus uh, pretty much every other major currency has helped investors in Europe uh, because that weaker euro has insulated us as overseas investors in equities. When we look at that main euro v US dollar rate, it's now firmly below parity. Um, It's interesting to note that whilst it has hit its record low of below parity, it's consistently staying there now. And the euro US dollar rate finished the month at 0.98. We also saw large swings in the price of sterling versus the euro, but perhaps more significantly against the US dollar. That was very much in response to the mini budget from the new conservative government uh, led by Prime Minister Truss. The, the, the bond market, the, the equity market and the currency markets did not react kindly to it. And we did see UK gilts or bonds lose value significantly 
the equity market also be hit. But we also saw the sterling to US dollar rate. It did finish the month at 1.12, but it had been as low as 1.07 before the intervention from the Bank of England in the last week of September. Have Zurich Investments made any significant changes to their asset allocation positions? And can you talk to us about this on a geographical and sector basis also? So maybe just to recap some of the moves we've done already this year, we had reduced our equity content at, at times throughout the 2022, and we did so again in the second week of August. We did implement a modest reduction in that equity content, which has helped to insulate some of the negative moves that we've seen since. Uh, however, across our multi-asset funds, we do maintain a bias for equities and we remain above the midpoint of equity ranges across our main multi-asset funds, um, albeit less so than at times in recent years. Our most significant uh, update uh, across the month of September uh, was to increase the duration or the sensitivity to changes in interest rate expectations of our sovereign bonds across relevant portfolios, moving from a strong underweight stance to being more neutrally positioned. So that's a shift in our duration exposure that um, has been of short duration since 2015. So moving back to that more neutral area. Uh, with core Eurozone yields close, as we've already mentioned, to their highest levels in a decade, we do believe we're experiencing a structural shift or an inflection point within sovereign fixed income markets. And there may be uh, opportunities to capitalize on those changes in the weeks and months ahead. Within our equity and our alternative allocations, uh, positions are broadly unchanged from where we've seen them in recent months. Sovereign bonds can offer a combination of safety and returns when it comes to your investments. Today, we are going to learn more about this asset class and why it may be useful to have sovereign bonds as part of your portfolio of investments. Firstly, what are sovereign bonds? So again, to start at the start, a sovereign bond is a bond issued by a national government. Uh, it's probably the best way to look at it. And essentially what that means is governments are borrowing off investors, that can be retail investors, institutional investors, to fund their programs for government. So we see bonds issued, it's, it's a very normal thing. For example, within the Eurozone, all governments would issue bonds. And you also issue bonds across different maturities. So you can have a 10-year bond, which is the one that people talk about quite a lot, which means you're borrowing for 10 years and you're giving people a rate of return every year for those 10 years and then their money back at the end. But you also have shorter or longer. So you can see bonds of three to six months from governments out to almost 100 years in some cases as well. So put simply, it's bonds issued by a government because they want to borrow off investors to fund their program for government. How do bonds, and in particular sovereign bonds, differ from other asset classes? So the theory says that uh, sovereign bonds in particular would tend to have lower volatility than other asset classes. So what you're expecting to see here is you get your coupon or your yield, which is your payment on a, on a regular basis and your money back at the end. And it's usually perceived as being safer than other asset classes, such as equities or alternatives or property. Within bond markets, we're talking about sovereign, which is government borrowing, but we also have uh, credit or corporate bonds, which is the same sort of idea for companies. In general, but not in all cases, sovereign bonds are tend to be seen or perceived as safer than other uh, bonds from, from corporates. But what we do see over time is that you expect to get that coupon payment, you expect to get your money back at the end, but we also see sovereign bonds uh, as a safe haven, or we often see a flight to safety within sovereign bonds in times of stress within uh, wider investment markets. So they tend to be seen as, as, as a secure, safe place to be, albeit not with the same expected returns as other asset classes such as equities. You mentioned that sovereign bonds can offer safety. What other kind of benefits can sovereign bonds offer as part of an investment portfolio? 
I think I think the certainty in returns and the safety would be the, the big things you might see. Um, for example, people like the cash flow in certain areas. They, they like that they get a regular piece. They know it's guaranteed the money coming in for the most part. Um, again, that safe haven is, is very much the, the piece that we like to see there. It's very good for, for projecting out in, in terms of your returns as an investor. You kind of have that certainty. You're not going to see wild swings or, or volatility in what you might expect. Uh, so uh, basically a lower risk tend to be a smoother ride than what we see about other asset classes. And again, when we look at it as part of an investment portfolio, there's this concept of diversification. You have different asset classes. They're going to do different things at different times, which lowers the overall risk uh, to you as an investor within a multi-asset fund. What are the risks when investing in sovereign bonds? Uh, we've seen some of the risks uh, play out so far uh, this year. I think as an active manager, one thing to start is different countries have different risks. So, for example, the likes of Germany and the United States would be seen as the, the most safe or uh, countries in the world. So, again, that's reflected in the type of return you might get from them. So that's, I suppose, one very important piece, I suppose, the credit worthiness of the country that are uh, issuing the bonds. Another key point is, is this idea of duration or how sensitive the bonds are to changes in interest rate expectations. So we've seen this play out in 2022. We've seen higher inflation, which leads to higher interest rate expectations, which causes bonds to lose money. A good way of describing this is if you're getting 1% off a government bond and you're getting 0% on deposit with your bank, that 1% seems like a good deal. However, if we see higher interest rates and the money you're getting on deposit at the bank goes to 2%, the 1% isn't as good a deal anymore, and the price will become lower to, to attract you to that 1% you're going to get. So essentially what we see is in times of higher inflation, in times of higher interest rates, we see bonds lose money in order to better um, benefit investors uh, for investing in the bonds. So we have seen that so far in 2022. So a couple of the key risks would be, I suppose, issuer risk, so what type of country you're investing in, but this idea of duration and sensitivity to interest rate expectations, which hits the broader market as a whole, and we've seen that in 2022. What are the ways in which you can invest in sovereign bonds? So with Zurich, uh, a number of our multi-asset funds would have sovereign bond exposure. That would include the likes of the AAA, the Prisma funds, and the managed funds, namely Balanced Performance Dynamic. Uh, so within a multi-asset fund, depending on your risk level, and again, all this information is available on the fact sheet and on the website, you can see um, exactly how much bonds would be in the multi-asset funds. However, we do have standalone uh, government bond funds that you can invest in with Zurich. We've got the Active Fixed Income Fund, which would be a medium duration bond fund across Eurozone sovereign governments. And we have the Long Bond Fund, which as the name says, is a longer duration bond fund, investing again across the Eurozone. That brings us to the end of this podcast episode. Thank you, Ian, for joining me today. Thank you also to our listeners. We hope you found this investment update insightful. As always, for more information on our fund range and to catch up on our latest investment news, visit zurich.ie. Past performance is not a reliable guide to future performance. Benefits may be affected by changes in currency exchange rates. The value of your investment may go down as well as up. If you invest in these funds, you may lose some or all of the money you invest. Zurich Life Assurance PLC is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland.